everybody, and welcome back to the Making a Musical podcast, Summer Break Edition. I'm your host, Jose Wigand. This podcast follows the development and execution of the critically acclaimed new musical, Good Morning New York, which opens off-Broadway at the Players Theatre January 9th, 2020. The producer and OG host, Jacqueline Thrapp, is out raising money, so I'm taking over season three. But wait, wait, oh wait... Today on the Making a Musical podcast, I'm interviewing Alex Wong, who is a full-time music producer here in Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Alex. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I wanted to interview Alex because um, he is also writing a brand new musical, just like me. And I I didn't know that when I first met him. We had worked on an album together that he was producing and recording. And then later I found out he was writing a musical, and I got super excited that there was at least <laughs> one other person. Okay, we have another guest. This is like our Mr. Rogers. Let's see who this is. <laughs> Someone's Hello. at the door. Hi. Well, look who it is, everyone, although you can't see. <laughs> okay. So here we are in Nashville. <laughs> that was a very Nashville thing I just had. <laughs> <laughs> Your doorbell just rings, and like you just had friends come in. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I guess you guys can tell me your backgrounds as musicians, writers, and then a little bit about your musical. So if you want to start, yeah. Alex. Yeah, um, I'm a record producer and songwriter and an artist, and um, so I've been writing songs and performing uh, my own songs for several years now, uh, and I've been producing records for other artists, which is how we met. And then Amber and I met a long time ago as songwriters, um, and we had a band together, uh, like a duo. Um, and the, the duo was actually based on a story. And uh, at the time, we were just a touring band, and we had started to sketch out the story. And um, we toured for a few years, and Amber also has an amazing solo project, which she'll tell you about in a second. Um, but then a couple years later, we got the idea to finish the story and turn it into kind of what we had always sort of envisioned, like that's telling the whole story that we mm-hmm. had started. So that's where the musical began. Okay. And how long ago was this? Um, this was in 2014. And so it's Amber and I, and then one other person who lives in California, who was uh, another, had a, another ex-bandmate of mine, had a duo before our duo, which is actually how we met. Amber came to see a show of ours in Buffalo, New York. Okay. And, uh, and we actually produced Amber's first record. And um, so it's actually the, th- the three of us, his name is Devin Copley. And, um, and so the three of us started writing this show together for about the last five years. Wow. That's incredible. Okay, so what about you, Amber? So I'll, I'll kind of follow that with saying my perspective of that same story was mm-hmm. um, I was out on my first tour in New York. As a singer? As a singer-songwriter. Okay. I had just started. 
and I saw their band, the Animators, it was Alex and Devin, um, at this little club called Nietzsche's in okay. Buffalo. <laughs> and I was, I had never been blown away so much. I was like obsessed wow. with, with, yeah. uh, just the type of music they were making, the harmonies, the songwriting. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I just was enamored with that project. Okay. And um, so I did a few shows out on the East Coast, saw them again in New York City, and then became okay. friends. I think I maybe stalked you guys first. And then <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> mutual stalking. Okay, okay, that's yeah. a great Definitely way to make new like... friends. Um, but then, yeah, that project ended, and then Alex and I you know, really enjoyed making music, and we started this project. And when we were starting it, we... Uh, had this improv exercise that a friend of us had, uh, a friend of ours had shown, and that was how this whole start, this whole story actually started. Was we kind of okay. started this like stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a friend of my of ours had a book. I think it was just it was like a very standard text of like theater improv. Yeah. Um, I think it's just called like improvisation or something like that okay. and uh, one of the exercises was where you would sit with another person and it was trying to get a, get you away from the pressure of like having to make something up and like the feeling mm -hmm. like oh my gosh I have to create mm -hmm. something from nothing Freaking out. and uh, and so you would have one person close their eyes and then the other person would just start asking them questions like okay you're in a house um, look straight ahead what's what's on the wall in front of you and if you walk closer to the wall, what's on it? Are there pictures on it? Tell me what's in the picture to the left. Mm -hmm. and kind of like, and so you just end up describing what you see in your mind's okay. eye. And we, so we did it and we started to describe this house and it was v real detailed. Like it was like kind of creepy, creepily detailed <laughs> and it had these certain people in the pictures and there was like these different rooms there's like a phonograph in this one room and there's just, you know, it was so vivid and it turns, you know, it actually now we kind of realize that that's, it's like the central house of this show. Mm -hmm. And so the characters in the pictures and stuff were actually the characters that end up being in, in the show. Yeah. Okay. It, it did feel more like it was revealing itself rather than that we were creating it. Mm -hmm. It felt like we were kind of like pulling back these layers. Wow. And Something okay, so that. like how you guys met and even the story of your show, it's just all very organic, like natural, like nothing was forced. Yeah. Well, it started organic and then there was a bunch of work. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I know, I know how you feel. Um, okay, so I mean, do you have the whole storyline for your show? Is it all figured out from start to finish? And how long is it? We do have a storyline. Which you might you might um, change, right? We've I just mean, kind of gotten to the, the, the point where we can we have a whole, you know, top to bottom mm -hmm. arc with the songs and everything and okay. now we're in the process of like just picking it apart and, and Editing. we're gonna put it up in next month. Uh, it's being produced in Berkeley and that's the first time we'll get to see the whole Okay. This, draft and, and let's talk about that so who's producing that and how did you find your actors so musical cafe is producing it they're a theater in berkeley okay our theater company and um, we worked with them in december and january to do two readings 
Okay. So that they were private readings. They were it was mostly just to develop the story, mm-hmm. and for us to have actors, you know, working through the entire script. And dramaturg. Um, yeah, dramaturg and okay. uh, a, a composer, kind of like composer consultant, consultant person. Okay. And a director wow, who so. were working with the same director. <laughs> Her name's deal. Karen Altrupian. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think they, they, like, you could apply to, it's sort of a workshop-y thing where anyone yeah. can apply, and mm-hmm. then they pick, like, four shows. To, so you guys were chosen. We were chosen as deal. one of the four, and then, and then they chose us as the one to go into a production, like a, okay. a concert performance. And how long is it showing? Uh, one two weekend. shows. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. two shows. It's, yeah. And are you guys getting paid, or is it just at this they point? They are putting up money for, like, a, a lot of it, but we're not personally getting any. We're, like... Okay, you know, but you're not, you're not... You're not putting your own money out there to putting pay some it. of our own money out there. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> that's covering traveling. the that's, bulk yeah. of the of the stuff. Okay, well, that's we're nice. Covering a few things. Yeah, it's we, super nice. Mm-hmm. We really wanted to have a trio because um, what they suggested was having just a piano player, and so we're paying a little extra oh. for that because you know the music is so. Uh, it's so important to have kind of a little more of the production of it because I think that's one of the unique things yeah. about our show versus other mm-hmm. Broadway things. Right. So we really want to do that. So that's something that we had to pay. We'll have to pay for the right. extras so and that. And it's piano and who else? It's so actually three, three sort of multi-instrumentalists that are going to kind of switch between different instruments. Okay. And ultimately, because when we were a touring act, um, the sound of that band is a lot of what we want to put into the sound of this show. Okay. And we it was a certain type of you know there was a certain sound to what we did then live and we're trying to kind of uh run with that and Mm -hmm. kind of build on that so i think the idea of having we like the idea of a trio just energetically and then Mm -hmm. just having people who are versatile and like kind of able to you know play different you know a part of a drum kit here and someone else is playing Mm -hmm. you know another rhythm here and just sort of just gives the sound more of a uniqueness. Mm-hmm. That's actually very Nashville to like bounce around instrument to instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. True. I think it's, and also I think it's who the type of person that we probably resonate the most with because I think mm-hmm. that's who I feel like I look up to. A lot of people who are like more seeing like the through lines like between right. stuff and they're not quite so like specialized on one mm-hmm. thing. And what is the name of, of your show? It's called The Paper Raincoat. Okay. So it's it's based on, I mean, our band was also called the Paper Raincoat. Okay. Uh, but we never really fully revealed the story with the band. We always mm-hmm. kind of alluded to it in our shows. Okay. Uh, this is that story kind of fully. Nice. And fully out. are you are you splitting the roles like is one person writing the music and the other person strictly doing lyrics? Or are you all no, three doing so everything? Yeah. Again, yeah. I think it's the nature of like. Us and then also with the uh, third person, he's also similar in that way that mm-hmm. uh, you're all writers, we're you're all, all musicians. equally clueless about most of it, <laughs> and so and but passionate, I think, clueless and passionate. Yeah, oh yeah, hey, that's a dangerous that's combo. <laughs> but I think that really, like, we all do have a lot of input on each part of it, and I think mm-hmm. that's been really healthy. You know, it does sort of like keep it from getting too territorial or too right. like. 
uh, one voice. Like, I think it really, each yeah. voice sort of yeah. tempers. No, that's ideal. We're very different, too. I feel like on, like, the three of us are very different mm-hmm. musically and um, just how we think of the characters and, like, what in our own lives has related yeah. to certain characters. So Devin, you know, he has a family. He lives in San Francisco. He has a, a job. He's kind of, <laughs> like, he's he's a lot more um, stable and, like, I would say grown-up than he both of us, <laughs> like, in a, in a certain way. Like, he's kind of... He's got his whole life together. A, yeah, he's yeah. really got stuff together. You know, Alex has worked a lot more with, with artists, and, like, each of us have different just experiences in life. But right, but that is so cool that you balances. can each bring a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Even today, I was noticing, because we have this like whatsapp group yeah you know, chat and that's and we're always like kind of debating arguing stuff on there and, <laughs> and i just think it's like the things that each of us emotionally resonate with in any given situation is always a sort of different angle mm-hmm. on something yeah. and like what mm-hmm. hits me like sometimes something just you know might hit me like likability of somebody a character or something or like you know whereas uh you know I think Devin has something else that like pushes his buttons and Amber or something else and Mm -hmm. all of those things like help us see the fuller picture right and it'll turn out to be a well-rounded show and probably very successful because you're a lot of different people can resonate with uh, probably more than one thing in your musical Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you like what's the goal with the show do you like is Broadway the goal or do you just see this musical as being so different that it doesn't that it wouldn't really I fit with Broadway or do you, do you feel like this is the direction Broadway is becoming or you're I hoping I mean I do think it feels really inspiring what's what I've seen not that I've seen a ton of stuff on Broadway but Broadway and also just sort of the more like I like Sleep No More which I just saw which was this which is a totally different immersive kind of concept. And then we, we just went to this show the other night of Amanda Palmer at the Ryman, which was, she's a songwriter, but it was almost like a one woman show. Mm -hmm. I think she played like four songs the entire show. And then she talked like for three hours and it was still like riveting. Mm -hmm. And just, it's all like, I, I am so excited these days because I just see all these different ways to tell stories. And Mm -hmm. I think, we have a lot of goals for this, like not just, I think, a musical, but, you know, I, I, we see a lot of like film expressions right. and <clears throat> I see like with the, just the music, I mean, we've always had the goal of the album being enjoyed purely as an album and like if someone had no idea about the show, I want them to be able to just enjoy the record, mm-hmm. maybe even become fans of just the record. You know? Right. And you guys are doing an album. Correct. Yeah. You're working on it now. Yeah, we have one out that was before when this was very loose of an idea. Okay, and um, what's, tell us about that. That was, it's a self-titled album called The Paper Raincoat, which okay. might yeah. give us problems in the future if we want to call it something. Well, it's, it's, uh, all the songs are inspired by the story, but they're not explicitly describing the story. You know, they're more like, right. more like how a soundtrack would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're all kind of about this world, and okay. that's what we toured on. We would tour those songs as a band and so it has like its own fan base not huge but it does have a fan base of Mm -hmm. those songs and so those people it's going to be interesting to sort of see how we take those people over to to this next phase of the project okay 
And are you doing any marketing, social media stuff to promote the show or the album? What are your strategies? Right now, I think we're promoting just the two shows in Berkeley. So that those are happening June 1st and 2nd, and we're doing social media. The theater company's doing social media. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's a, it's a small kind of thing, but it's it's a 200-seat theater and okay. two nights of it. And are you selling um, tickets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Tickets are up. And um, then after that, I think we're going to regroup and kind of just see. I mean, we, we want to make the album. I think that's right. probably going to be the next step. In Nashville. Yeah, okay. most likely. Here, and maybe plus, possibly. Very, very close to right here. <laughs> uh, possibly upstairs. I, mean, <laughs> I really feel like that is the next step because as we found with this process, like this is the first time that we've worked with a, like an MD and mm-hmm. uh, the cast and musicians and stuff. And and getting everyone and they're all awesome and it's just but the the inherent challenges of getting everyone inside your head of like the stuff that's not on a page you know all of the yeah. stuff that's like can't be communicated yeah. on on paper uh, is just like we're just realizing the scope of that and especially because we're trying to mm-hmm. do something that's sort of stylized that mm-hmm. i think to me the next step is like make the definitive sound sounding record and then you yeah. have this like template to be like this is the sound Oh, okay. That's so interesting. Because the music is pretty different, I think, than like standard Broadway stuff. So right now we have sheet music for for most of them, and we have some demos for, I guess, for for most of them. But Mm -hmm. um, arranging it for like this specific three piece, it's definitely uh, there's more information on the sheet music right now that isn't isn't really reflective of of how we hear the whole thing okay so So it's all a lot of it's just like in your minds and your heads at this point yeah and I think it's like this back and forth like uh figuring out the story and fleshing that out and then like that will inform us on how to go about the music a little bit more and if we need to make any changes in the song so it it feels Mm -hmm. like this kind of it's kind of borrowing from like two worlds because I think Nashville was very that's a, such a normal thing in Nashville to people to be like hey here's the record chart your own chart learn it mm-hmm. learn this record the vibe of it and so yeah. like that's nothing spectacular to to do that and I just think there's so much that can be communicated when you can like right be as you know we have the luxury of being as like specific as we want with the actual recording and making mm-hmm. it like exactly the way that we hear it and then being able to just be like, here, you know, you mm-hmm. can chart it however you want, but just play this, <laughs> you know, okay. or like, yeah. make it feel like this, you know. Yeah, it's more feel like this. It's not even yeah. specific. It's, you know, it's it's more catching that feel. Um, so what musicals have you guys seen or albums do you listen to or even non-theater artists do you look up to that you think influence this project? Well, I just saw Hades Town, which didn't really influence this, but it oh really was inspiring. I really want to see that. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. Okay. It was really well done. Yeah, I it's think getting that, it's getting all the nominations, and it's yeah. just the biggest thing right now. Yeah, and we actually, as Paper Raincoat, we did a show up in what was it, Ann Arbor, with with Anais, and we both know her. And and like I think what she's doing, you know, she's she's coming in and she's bringing her music into the thing. Mm-hmm. She's really doing it differently than what you know the traditional senses and and she also came into it not knowing about theater which I think is you okay. know what I mean, we're, our, ours isn't stylistically uh like this the same vibe as hers but it's definitely coming more from like a folk uh eclectic 
Uh, I would maybe say not our even worlds were more eclectic. More similar, like hers and ours, in mm-hmm. terms of like the gigs that we would do and yeah. the musicians that we worked with in the scene and stuff like that was kind okay. of. We, we were more, all, always kind of yeah. on the same. Okay, what about you, Alex? Circles. Who do you um, listen to? Man, uh, uh, 100% of the time, whenever anyone asks me, I, I blank out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't listen to anybody, it's fine. <laughs> um, I just listen to the, the records I'm producing over and over <laughs> yeah. and over. Um, no, I actually was just in New York, and, the, and I tried to see a couple shows. I saw, I mean, the Sleep No More show was in, super inspiring. Okay. That was yeah. the music. They used the music from composer that did um like all the hitchcock films oh, okay and mm-hmm. they used which i thought was really interesting because they used actually like existing cues from different films and, and then like mm-hmm. found different ways to use it and then they wrote or, original music as well mm-hmm. and and they had speakers everywhere and so it was like the way that one cue you would walk out of a room and the cue would fade out as you walk you know wouldn't you, you would fade the cue out and then it would fade into another other thing okay and so you were almost like composing it as oh choose like the way that you chose to go through That's the place um so i'm i've been like super into that but i think mm-hmm. I, I just i always liked musicians who are thinking uh, maybe one more level in terms of thematically mm-hmm. um like, I mean, yeah. you know, people like Bjork and people who are like uh, Stephen Stevens and, mm-hmm. you know, that. Speaking of that, like, I, I saw David Byrne the other day at the okay. Ryanin, which was just mind-blowing. It was like, like his show as a whole. It, actually, David Byrne's show and um, watching the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Those <laughs> yeah. are like, for me, the two that felt like, oh, yeah, well, that and... Maybe like Birdman or something, where it's mm. it's like a, a a film that moves you know moves with the music and it's kind of a, a fluid storyline. Mm-hmm. Like those three to me, even though I saw them all much after we started, those three musically feel like the most resonant of like how it incorporates with the sound. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and other shows where they combine like ambient sound with like Foley sound with composed sound mm-hmm. to, to like I've always mm-hmm. really been into that and just sort of using your environment I mean I feel like I try to do that a lot on records that I make right and and but just yeah like everything like the idea that everything is music and everything is like part of the story yes is super inspiring to me and I think one of the things that we want to do at some point is shoot some scenes or maybe even the whole thing in a way that is like more like that, like where, or like you know, some of the movie musicals, like a like a Rent or something, but mm-hmm. but where the music is more like that video, uh, where the you know that was that guy, um, the Justin Timberlake and Chris St- Stapleton, I think it was Chris Stapleton. They did that one video where everything's live and they're thick, the camera moves around and it's like picking up the sound in different parts. Okay. So it's like mixing it. It's mixing it right. live. Okay. Um. But just stuff like that that's just, like, so mm-hmm. using the space and, um... Okay. I love how you guys are thinking in, like, 10,000 different directions. And, like, <laughs> that, I mean, for me as a composer, this sounds so different than my show because I have my idols, like, Sarah Bareilles 
and like what she's doing on Broadway. And I'm just like, if I can write as good as her, like that's good enough for me. Like I'm done, but you guys are thinking like one step ahead. And yeah, that's pretty, that's inspiring. I love Sarah Brellis also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, just, I mean, she's, she's my favorite super inspiring person in the whole to us world. just yeah. watching her path with her yeah. show and everything. Right, because been... her writing is also versatile. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. It and it's still so, feels like her. It's, yeah, it's very her. It's very mm-hmm. true to like. Yeah, you don't feel merging. like anything's forced. Mm-hmm. It's just coming yeah. straight and from her soul. Brilliant. And I like that she did her, like the artist version of her cast of the like soundtrack that's her singing it. Yes. Um, I, I think that's something that we're wanting to do mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. just playing with like different ways you can do these things that seem like there's always like an assumption. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like what she did too. I, for my musical, I really want to record the 17 songs as soon as possible, whether it's like this year or early next year. And then in like three, four years, if my musical changes, I'll just do another album. Yeah. But a lot of those songs will probably stay in there. But I, I really just want to get the music out, the music that I have now, because my musical is still in development as well. Um, but I think getting albums out for your shows is is kind of a big thing right now. That's what a yeah. lot of musicals yeah. are doing. And a couple that are on Broadway now are only on Broadway because they had albums before they actually produced the show and they gained mm-hmm. millions of fans. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's... Yeah. there's That's cool. I think the thing to take away is the sky's the limit. And I think the three of us are producing shows in different cities while we live in Nashville. Like, you guys are going to California. I've been going out to New York. So all that to say... You can, you can produce a show from anywhere. You don't have to live in New York City to be writing a musical. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> I think that's an important thing to know. You can do it anywhere, and you yeah. can find collaborators anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we want to do like a, a reading at like the five spot, you know, like yes, just places where fans here. You don't. Yeah, where it's like a little bit of a different thing and. Mm-hmm. Where you can actually tell some of the story, you know, right. from the stage. Because everyone loves a good story and everybody loves music. So who wouldn't like musicals? It's basically <laughs> just those two things. I mean, like, you don't have to love, like, all the classics or whatever. But, like, if you think about it, what makes a musical is just a story with songs. And yeah. everybody loves those two yeah. things. So, and, you know, everyone is a fan of musicals, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually one thing that we're, we, like... The things that we, because I think we're, one, pretty ignorant about a lot of, like, the pantheon of shows. Especially me. Um, <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. But, like, but the, also when we do resonate, because it's sort of like, you know, a lot of that medium at first takes some getting used to the, the stylized nature of it. You know, mm-hmm. the bigness and the, like, singing, like, the big singing oh, yeah. and the big yeah, movements. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes feels like it doesn't hit my emotional core, but then when... A show does hit mm-hmm. it and they have combined all of those things and it's incredibly emotional it's it's super powerful and so I think we're just trying to write the musical that we would react to right you know? exactly and I feel the same way I just I wrote songs that I didn't have like a certain template that I was following I just wrote songs that I would want to listen to and then I thought were good from multiple standpoints yeah and then I put the music out there and other people loved it too so I think if you kind of stay to who you are and stay to your core people are going to resonate with that it's crazy there's kids from all over the world that are listening to my songs and like singing my songs and 
it's just like it's mind blowing and it's it's really cool though that like once you get the fan base it's just it, it keeps you going I think and it's fun mm-hmm. to hear from everybody around the world it really it's is amazing that's so yeah. cool so anything you guys want to say any advice you want to give to anybody listening that might be wanting to get into theater or writing I feel like right now is a really special time that it's so open. You know, the, mm-hmm. the things that are getting a lot of attention are really uh, pushing the boundaries and they're really original and they're, it's really somebody's vision that they've uh, pushed through and they've created something. And right. so I feel like probably now more than any time, it's, it's just a great time to be doing something. It is a something. great time. Yeah. Especially if you don't know anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be to your benefit, though. No, yeah, no, no like, I think it is. I mean, you in just a have lot a of ways, I think, I think that because People we don't know a lot, into it right now. Yeah, we're, we're able to do it in a way that we're just kind of navigating through what feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can stay a little more connected to your, your own compass and not be like, well, that's the way that this has always been done, or this is mm-hmm. like what the pros do or right. anything. Yeah. Um, and I would say also just... Like, I think if you have a story, like, that's, you don't have to know all of the other skills. I think if you have, like, a good story, mm-hmm. you can find a way to tell a, a, tell a great story and, like, all the other other skills that you would need to learn along the way, like, will happen or you find collaborators or something. But collaborators, yeah, it's a just, big one. Just, like, focus on the story yeah. if it's a compelling story. Yeah. I'd agree with that with with how we started. I mean, we had more the characters than the story at the very beginning. We really had Mm -hmm. like a couple or a few strong characters. And then it felt like as we were moving everything along that it was more that they revealed themselves and they revealed their stories. And, uh, you know, we just kept on sort of like putting the characters in situations and letting them go and see what they do. (laughs) it, it, It feels like even if you don't have the whole plot and you don't know how to write a story and all that, like if you, if you keep on, connecting with the characters and you keep on mm-hmm. uh urging them to go have adventures that like, <laughs> somehow they you know they figure yeah. out how to interact it's almost like we spent the first four years like putting flesh on them yeah and we we really did like we did their enneagrams we did their oh, wow. like their, we had these charts of like just yeah. you know their personalities and their life philosophies and all this mm-hmm. stuff and, and then the Filling out the rest of the plot was was kind of quick at the end. It was, it was really like quick. Very... When we, once one because we had a deadline, but, <laughs> but right. yeah, we we were all so on the same page that it was a lot easier to be like, you know, that character would not ever do that, or mm-hmm. she would do something like this, but maybe not, you know. And so, yeah, it was a lot more helpful to have them be kind of living and breathing. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me interview you guys. I'm here with Alex Wong, music producer in Nashville, Tennessee, and Amber, you can say your last name. (laughs) Rhubarb. Okay, and you guys want to give your Instagrams? They're writing a show called The Purple Raincoat. The Paper Raincoat. The Paper Raincoat. (laughs) Got Uh, it. Yeah. uh, What's The Paper Raincoat Instagram? Is it just The Paper Raincoat? Is it's it a the good question. Official, or official like I think. Yeah, at paper raincoat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the paper the raincoat. Oh, maybe it's official. at the paper raincoat. Okay. Gosh. Who knows? Who knows? You can also uh, find it'll it reveal on itself. Our individual ones, maybe. And. The paper raincoat. Oh yeah, the paper raincoat official. That's our. That's Instagram. catchy. 
<laughs> and then mine is Alex Wong Sounds. And mine is Amber Rubarth. Perfect. All right, thanks for joining us, guys, on Making a Musical Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.